Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon with a balancedsaintofmind.com. If you prefer a different medium for this week's Come Follow Me lesson, you can check out my podcast or my blog, and I'll post the information for that in the description below the video. So this week is August 23rd through 29th, and it is Doctrine and Covenants 93. So section 93, there are a couple of different speakers, I guess, for the different verses. The first few verses is Christ speaking. So verse one, it says, Verily thus saith the Lord, and the Lord starts talking, right? So even though Joseph Smith is recording, it is the Lord who is speaking. But when you get to verse seven, John the Baptist starts speaking. Now we don't have a record from John the Baptist. We don't have a testimony from John the Baptist. And Heavenly Father says that we'll, we'll receive that record one day, but today is not that day. <laughs> but in section 93, Christ chose to give us a portion of John the Baptist's testimony of his record. So in verse seven, the voice becomes John the Baptist. Now, as I was reading John the Baptist's testimony, verses four through 28, I was struck by a repeated phrase. It's very, very repetitive. And because it's repeated so often, I wanna talk about why it is so crucial and important because I really believe that it can change the way we worship in so many ways if we understand why this is repeated so often. So I'm gonna read the verses, I'm gonna read phrases from different verses that that's gonna show you how repetitive this concept is. So this is Doctrine and Covenants 93 and listen to this concept. I'm pretty sure you'll pick it up pretty fast. So Doctrine and Covenants section 93. The Father, because he gave me of his fullness. Verse 5, I received of my Father. Verse 12, this is John the Baptist speaking. He received not of the fullness at first. And another phrase in that same verse is received grace for grace. Verse 13, received not of the fullness at first. And another phrase is until he received a fullness Verse 14, received not of the fullness at first. 16, he received the fullness of the glory of the Father. 17, he received all power both in heaven and on earth. And 26, he received the fullness of truth. Now, the next couple of verses I'm going to read are John the Baptist talking about us, not about Christ. So, verse 19, that you may come unto the Father and receive of his fullness. Verse 20, you shall receive of his fullness. And a second phrase in there is shall receive grace for grace. 27, and no man receiveth of fullness. Verse 28, receiveth truth and light. Receive, 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 receive. There are 24 verses. And in these 24 verses, it is repeated 15 times. Okay, 15 times in 24 verses, this concept of Heavenly Father giving and us or Christ receiving from Heavenly Father. In the context of worldly literature, that's what you call bad writing because it's so repetitive. However, in the context of scripture, that is a huge neon flashing light begging us to pay attention because that concept is so important. And why is it so important? It seems pretty straightforward. Christ received of a fullness from his heavenly father. He received it. He testified of this himself, right? What is so significant about this? Well, I'm gonna kind of go in a little bit of a circle and to explain why this is so important. One of the foremost qualities of Christ is perfection. 
and when someone is asked who Christ is or characteristics of him, most often perfect is one of the things that people say, right? And he was, he was perfect. But do we really understand what we're saying when we say he was perfect? How was he perfect? It probably wasn't perfect at tennis, though I'm sure he could have been <laughs> through the power of God, right? Or never being clumsy, whatever it is. I don't believe that's what the scriptures are saying. When we receive about, when we read about perfection in the scriptures, it's talking about always keeping the commandments. And Christ did. He kept the commandments all the time and he was perfect. But when you read section 93, it changes things just, just a little bit. It doesn't say that Christ received of a fullness because he always kept the commandments, which he did. He always kept the commandments. Christ received of a fullness because he received from the Father over and over and over and over again. He received grace for grace and he moved grace to grace, which is divine help from Heavenly Father. And he was constantly receiving from his Heavenly Father the help that he needed. Now, when Christ came to earth, he did not know who he was. Which I can only imagine having that conversation as Mary with him <laughs> about how he came to earth. And somewhere along the line, he received a fullness. Now, he came to earth and he has he experienced the same worldly temptations that we experience. And he had weaknesses too, right? That was part of the mortal experience. He had to come here and experience weakness. And even if it wasn't his own weakness, he experienced all of our weaknesses and had to continually choose to be perfect through those weaknesses. How did he remain perfect? Even though he was facing the same things that we were facing, how did he remain perfect? It is the same reason it is so significant that jo John the Baptist repeated this concept 15 times. Christ knew how to always turn to his heavenly father. We are trying to get heaven to heaven the wrong way. A lot of us are often trying to get to heaven the wrong way. We're trying to just barrel our way through, trying to keep the commandments perfectly, sometimes beating ourselves up and getting really discouraged when we're not perfect. And it's really awesome that we're trying so hard, that we're trying to emulate our savior and always keep the commandments, but it's also impossible. <laughs> so it's awesome, but it's impossible and we're doing it wrong, right? We have been commanded to be Christ perfect, even as Christ is perfect. And Christ, just like we're learning in section 93, was consistently receiving help from his heavenly father to overcome the same things that we're facing every single day. Now, that verse in the scriptures, there's probably a couple of verses that talk about how we need to become even as little children. And I never particularly ascribe to this <laughs> doctrine because when I look at my kids, I don't necessarily always think Christ-like. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just always attribute that verse like, oh, they're perfect because they can't sin. <laughs> but after reading this section, I looked at them with new eyes. If you were to ask me, what my kids do more than anything else in their waking hours, it is asking me for help. <laughs> kids are so good at asking for help for everything. <laughs> I did not realize when I signed up to be a mother <laughs> that so much of parenting is just standing back up after you've sat down <laughs> because your kids need your help. <laughs> I probably stand up at least seven times during dinner. In fact, in most dinners, I don't even try sitting down anymore. I just stand next to the counter and try to eat while standing up. 
<laughs> my son Warner will literally come upstairs and hit me in the face <laughs> with what he needs help with, <laughs> right? You can't get more humble than that, right? You come and you hit someone in the face and you're like, I need help with this. But when you look at the parallels in our own lives, when we sin and make mistakes, we are in essence hitting Heavenly Father in the face, right? We're betraying him. We're not listening to him. We're not following our Father in heaven. And we need to become his little children and become perfect like Christ by asking consistently for Heavenly Father's help by receiving grace. So when you're reading that verse where it says, be therefore perfect, if you keep reading, it's be therefore perfect, be perfect even as I am perfect. That's what Christ teach. Be perfect even as I am perfect. How is Christ perfect? According to section 93, Christ is perfect <clears throat> because he was receiving grace to grace from his heavenly father. It's going to be the same with us. If we want to become perfect, it's going to be through constantly turning, consistently turning to our heavenly father and receiving the help we need to overcome this earthly life and overcome the world. Now, when I was newly married, <laughs> there was a time when my husband and I were both pretty stressed at the same time. I was pregnant and sick and working full time and also trying to complete a certification for a program I was working on. And my husband was really stressed about finances. And we, we both needed help and encouragement from each other, but both of us didn't really have anything left to give. And honestly, that is the reality of marriage. <laughs> there are times when, I mean, it seems so nice, like, oh, I'm going to have this person who can always comfort me and I can comfort them. But there are times in your life when you are both at your end and you have nothing left to give to each other because you're both so tired. I came across one of these experiences one night. And I remember sitting, we were both lying in the bed and the atmosphere just wasn't particularly pleasant because we were both tired and stressed and worried. And I went downstairs to get a drink of water. And as I was walking back upstairs, I paused. And I knew that what Connor needed me to do was to go upstairs and wrap my arms around him and tell him it was all going to be okay. To tell him that I believed in him and that we were going to get through this with Heavenly Father's help. But I paused on those steps and I said, Heavenly Father, I do not have it within myself to give him this. I'm really annoyed at the world right now and I'm really tired and I am scared myself and I don't have a lot of faith myself right now. So if you want me to help my husband and give him what he needs, you're going to have to give it to me because I don't have it. And by grace, by a miracle, I was able, I found it beyond myself from our Heavenly Father to go upstairs and wrap my arms around my husband. And What's more is I found the comfort and faith that I needed as I was working to comfort him, as I was working to comfort my husband. Now, I chose this to share this story because it so perfectly illuminated this concept of receiving grace, receiving divine help from our Heavenly Father, right? There have been a million times in our marriage where we've both been tired. <laughs> and there have been a million times that my husband has been the one who has stepped up and comforted me when I was being a little snot. I chose this story because I was able to see it in my own mind and see it so, just such a clear example of grace. Heavenly Father, I don't have what I need to be perfect. I need it from you. And he gave it to me. He gave me grace, divine help. And that is precisely what grace is. When you look it up in the Bible dictionary, 
Grace is the divine help we receive through the power, through the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And that phrase, through the atonement of Jesus Christ, is extremely important because we, in and of ourselves, do not merit any help from our Heavenly Father. We are imperfect. We have hit him in the face with what we need help with, and we don't deserve help from him. And because of his perfection, he can't reach down and help us anyway, except for the power of the atonement. Because of what Christ did, Heavenly Father can reach down and constantly give us help, constantly give us grace, just like he did for Jesus Christ. So for us to receive divine help and grace it is through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting is in section 93, it still said that Christ was receiving grace for grace. So is he receiving divine help through his own atonement? Like, is that how that was working? No, it was cyclic, right? His, his process of receiving divine help was cyclic. So he would face a temptation and he would every single time perfectly turn to his heavenly father for the help that he needed. And because he perfectly turned to his heavenly father for help, he was able to remain perfect, which meant he was able to ask for help again. And he could merit help from his heavenly father. We couldn't. He could because he was perfect and constantly turned to his heavenly father for, for help with what he needed. We can only access that same grace and help through Christ's atonement because Christ, through his own weaknesses and his own mortal imperfect body because he consistently chose every single time to turn to Heavenly Father, he was able to remain perfect and perform the atonement so that we could also receive that divine help that we needed to return to live with Heavenly Father. We have to stop trying to barrel through this life, trying to keep the commandments perfectly, right? We need to be perfect even as Christ is perfect, which according to section three, means that we are constantly asking for help from our heavenly father when we run into problems. We need to be perfect in the same manner that Christ was perfect and he was receiving grace for grace. He was receiving from his father until he received that fullness and it's the same for us. We need to be receiving from heavenly father in order to be keeping the commandments until we receive a fullness. If you are having trouble forgiving somebody, you can ask for help and say, Heavenly Father, I don't have the charity within myself to forgive this person because they betrayed me and it hurts. And Heavenly Father will help you. And sometimes that process takes a while, so don't get stressed out. <laughs> sometimes it takes a while. If you don't even have desire to forgive somebody, you can pray for that desire. <laughs> you can say, Heavenly Father, I don't even want to forgive this person, but I know I'm supposed to, so can you give me a desire? I've done that before, and it is amazing what happens. How you find charity, and then all of a sudden you see this person with new eyes, and you see what they've been through, and why they might have chosen this way. You can pray for the desire. For every single step in the process of perfection, you can pray for help when you need help, just like Christ did. Christ was constantly receiving from his Father. We have that same ability. We can receive help from our Heavenly Father constantly because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We can become as little children and constantly ask for help. <laughs> now, as you are doing this, as you are learning to consistently turn to your Heavenly Father for help, 
it is crucial to remember that is because of the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Think about what he had to do. Think about how hard it is to choose to do the right thing all the time, to choose to pray, to remember, like to remember to pray all the time. It's not that I don't want to pray all the time. I just forget and get very distracted by other things that are less important. Christ always remembered to ask for, for his heavenly father's help. It is through, it is because of his perfect choices and after his perfect choices, it's because of his atonement that we can receive that help as well. Now, one more time, I wanna reiterate why John the Baptist found this so crucial to repeat. It's a straightforward concept. Christ said it himself that he was receiving it from his heavenly father and John the Baptist took felt like testifying of this over and over and over again in such a short period of time. So this is Doctrine and Covenants. It is section 9319. And to me, this answers the question of why John the Baptist chose to repeat this. And it's John the Baptist speaking. He says, I give unto you these sayings. So these sayings of receive, repeatedly, repeatedly saying receive over and over. I give unto you these sayings that you may understand and know how to worship and know what you worship, that you may come unto the Father in my name and in due time receive of his fullness, so that we know how to worship and who we worship. So, who are we worshiping? We're worshiping Christ, but who is Christ? Christ is a being who perfectly received the help that he needed from his heavenly Father in order to remain perfect. How do we worship Christ? We worship Christ by emulating Christ. And that doesn't mean just keeping the commandments all the time, but it means being perfect as Christ was perfect in the same way, in the same manner that Christ was perfect by continually, consistently, over and over, choice by choice, day by day, learning how to ask for help from our Heavenly Father, how to receive grace through the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, receiving help so that we can eventually receive of a fullness like Christ did. I am so grateful for my savior. I am grateful that he put in that hard work to consistently remember to ask his heavenly father for help. And I am grateful that he came down to earth and experienced all of this so that we could return to live with them. I'm grateful that after experiencing his own weaknesses and his own temptations, and after overcoming every single one of those perfectly, because he had to, there was no really other way to do this plan of salvation. After choosing to live his life in this incredible, difficult manner, he chose to perform the atonement so that we could receive what we needed to join him. There was no reason he needed to do that, but he did that for us. And I'm so grateful that he did because that meant that I could come to earth and I could face difficult things. And even though I'm not necessarily grateful for the difficult things, I'm grateful for the results of the difficult things which is growth and deeper relationships with people that I love because depth comes with difficulty. <laughs> and then I'm grateful that I also had access to the atonement so that I could return to live with them again, that I could go through this process and become like my heavenly father through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.